Welcome to Conversational Commerce. Each week, we'll be having real and raw conversations with operators and experts in e-commerce, all about what conversational commerce means to them. I'm your host, Stephanie Griffith. Let's jump in. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Postscript. There are other SMS solutions out there, but Postscript is hands down our favorite SMS tool for e-commerce brands using Shopify and Shopify Plus. They work with some of our favorite brands like Olipop, Brooklinen, Kapari, and thousands of others. And sure, they are our sponsor for this show. Thanks, Postscript, but we love them for many other reasons. Postscript is the leader empowering brands to have two-way conversations with their customers using conversational commerce. They have integrations with your favorite platforms like Gorgeous and Klaviyo, so your brand can be truly conversational. Most importantly, their customer support is next level. I've worked with brands that use Postscript and have been blown away by their customer support. It's no wonder they have over 1,400 reviews and are rated 4.9 stars in the Shopify App Store. For a free 30-day trial, check out our link in the show notes or visit them at postscript.io. Again, that's postscript.io. Hey folks, welcome back to Conversational Commerce. We are so excited to be here with Joanne Coffey today. She is the head of retention at Aisling Organics and a new Twitter friend of mine. So we're so excited to finally, you know, bring that connection off of Twitter to the show um, so our listeners can kind of get a taste for what she talks about and what we've connected with um, online. Uh, So Joanne, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your role, your background, kind of tell us how you ended up in all things retention at Aisling Organics. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here, such an honor. And yeah, just like Stephanie said, my name is Joanne. I am head of retention at Aisling Organics. Never did I think that I would be working for a DTC company right out of college. It kind of just fell into my lap. I knew that I always wanted to work in the beauty space, but you know, being from New Hampshire, there is not a lot of beauty brands around here. And so I was in college at the time. I graduated from Southern New Hampshire University. I did their degree in three marketing programs. So I graduated in three years with my bachelor's. And then I did a one year's master's program where I got my master's in business management. So it was a great program at SNU, but I couldn't really find any beauty brands that I wanted to work for that were local. Mm-hmm. And so I found our CEO, Krista, on LinkedIn, and she owned a makeup line, but it was, you know, all online. I was like, well, what the heck? You're not in Target. Like, that was kind of what I was envisioning was working mm-hmm. for a brand that was had a big storefront and so on and so forth. So I saw she was all online. At that time, I had no idea what DTC was. And so I just messaged her on LinkedIn and said, hey, I need a internship for credit. You do not have to pay me at all. It's through my university. Um, if you want to set up a call to chat, like, let's go for it. So she called me like right away and she was like, hey, like free work. (laughs) No, but she was like, yeah, like, why don't we have you on the team? We'll do a, you know, we'll do this internship. And I've been working for the brand ever since. I just started as a marketing assistant, worked Mm -hmm. my way up to email marketing, you know, worked my way into SMS marketing. And this was all while I was still in college. So I was doing this all part time. And then after I graduated college in 2020, Horrible timing, but Krista brought me on full time. So I was so thankful for that. And I've been head of retention ever since. So it's a crazy journey, but I am so glad that I'm on it. I love that. Yeah, you and I have a similar background, I think, um, you know, going to school for business and marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for kind of my foray into corporate retail. And there was not a lot of that on the East Coast. Um, I had to move to the Midwest to find that. Um, <laughs> but then, of course, 
realizing the opportunities that we have in the e-commerce and the DTC community, which I think is so powerful because I think your story makes it really obvious that that's so much more accessible now, especially mm -hmm. to new grads coming out of school saying like, you know, I don't want to move across the country to California or, you know, I can work for these really cool major brands or up and coming brands um, mm -hmm. across a variety of spaces in the DTC space. So awesome. I love, I'm so glad that you landed where you did because it's why we're, you know, connecting here today. Exactly. Um, so I know you're focused on, you know, email, SMS and retention, but mm -hmm. would love to kind of kick things off and set the baseline on the show. Something we like to ask everyone is like, when you hear conversational commerce, what is your take on it? What does that mean to you? Absolutely. And to be completely transparent, I've been in this role for about three years now, part-time mm -hmm. and then moving to full-time. And mm -hmm. I have not focused on conversational commerce until about a year ago. And so mm -hmm. those first two years, I was learning solely by my mistakes. I wasn't yep. really connected with anybody in the industry. I really didn't know what I was doing. So I essentially learned for from failures for two years. And then once I started to you know, branch out a little bit on LinkedIn and on Twitter and just learn from other people, that's when I really started to adapt a more conversational approach to our marketing strategy. And I just cannot believe the outcome that that has, has turned out. And so essentially what conversational commerce means to me is building those one-on-one -on -one connections with our customers mm -hmm. without just blasting them with an SMS campaign, without just mm -hmm. blasting them with an email campaign. Because in the past year, what I found is that our customers feel embarrassed when they don't know how to do their makeup. And I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of women feel embarrassed. You know, it's, it's something that can be such so intimate for people. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you don't have the skills and the knowledge and the background to do your own makeup, it, it can just be like one of those things where you're just, oh, like, I just don't know how to do it. So I'm just not gonna, not gonna put on any makeup. So mm -hmm. that is the basis of where I started to find like, oh, our, our customers are having real life problems. How can I solve these? And it was through mm -hmm. those conversations that I started to, you know, pick up on things, different copy that I could use in marketing, you know, different connections that I could bring to our CEO who she would mm -hmm. personally call our customers. Hey, you know, I saw a reply from a text that, you know, you felt embarrassed about your makeup. Can I jump on a, let me jump on a Zoom call with you and, and let me teach mm -hmm. you some tips. And so that's kind of where it just started to snowball down a hill of building all of those customers those relationships with our customers. Mm -hmm. And over time, I found that, you know, some other brands, you have to spend $500 with them to get premium customer service. And that's just oh, yeah. the case with us. No matter mm -hmm. if you're a friend of a friend that is just looking for some makeup tips, you know, whether you've spent $500 with us, you're going to get the same experience all across the board. And that is what I feel like is the basis of conversational commerce and what we like to focus on at Aisling. Ah, oh, you summed that up so well. And I, I love that. And that's why we're, we're here to have these conversations, because those are the, the kind of inside things that you don't, you don't just see on Twitter, and you don't even know necessarily happens when you just, you know, initially sign up for a brand, I get your SMS communications, I love them. So we'll unpack those for sure. Um, but yeah, I would love to I, I think the key thing there is like, we're not just sending emails, we're not just sending texts, we're building relationships. We're trying to, you know, kind of switch that narrative and view our customers as people. Like we are shoppers, we are consumers, you know, sometimes our best and worst customers for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think kind of pivoting and kind of changing that lens is really what you hit the nail on the head or you hit the, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, and I'm curious, I love the concept of, you know, the CEO hopping on phone calls with customers. Like mm -hmm. that is so profound. I don't think that that happens often. And, you know, as soon as a brand gets too big, sometimes they lose sight of that. Is that something that you guys are still doing today? Is that something, you, you know, you have the power to do in your role? How, how does that look now? 
Yeah, so just to give some background, Aisling is a team of two. It is the founder, and then it is me. And then we have some contractors that we work, that we, you know, source out for. We have a couple interns under our belt. So it Mm -hmm. is tiny, but it's a mighty team, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. And while we are small, while we do pretty large order volumes, we still take the time to create those, you know, experiences for our customers Mm -hmm. because of how important they are. And you might see like people listening might think like, oh, like who has the time to do that? But you have no idea how much it means to those customers. And especially with word of mouth, how mm-hmm. much that spreads across, you know, all platforms, whether that's Instagram, mm. Facebook, you know, people just want to share about positive experiences that they've had. And so we just integrated a platform gorgeous. And that has been mm-hmm. amazing for, you know, tallying all of those, you know, customer inquiries or customer support tickets in one. And Krista sifts through those every single day. And whether she's personally responding to people or me, we tag team it, but she wow. sees firsthand those customer, you know, requests. And she loves talking to our customers because that's the basis of why she started the business. You know, when she first founded Mm -hmm. it, she was going to people's homes and educating them on clean beauty, you know, cleaner products, organic, everything. And so those are beliefs that she feels so strongly about and is really the value of Aisling Organics as a brand. It's just education first. Oh my gosh, I love that. And now I'm I'm certainly gonna start replying a lot more just so I can interact with you guys. I'm like, let me let me get on a custom call. I could use some help. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah, I didn't realize it was such a small but mighty operation. Mm -hmm. And I love what you just talked about. And I think Matt, you know, uh, chime in on this too, because I think we're starting to see a lot of really cool themes on the show now, because basically what you just talked about is something that Eli Weiss brought up when we talked to him on the show as well, of like he, of course, heads up, you know, customer experience at Olipop and so often and retention. So the fact that like they have prioritized kind of blending those departments and kind of how they interact is where that unlock has been for them of like it's not, mm-hmm. you know, customer experience or, you know, retention. They're not different. Customer experience can be one of your many marketing tools to provide great experiences to your customers. So I think that's exactly what you are doing. Um, Matt, is there anything else that stands out to you on that? I think I'm just so jazzed that we're, we're starting to hear those themes pop up. Yeah. yeah. I, I like how you mentioned that she went, like started the business going to people's homes and educating. Mm-hmm. Is there any sort of um, obvious like main angle of like clean beauty or the customer support? Like, that works for you guys best in marketing that sparks the most conversations? Is there a certain Mm. topic or certain phrase or something that always seems to work? Absolutely. And I think most people that come to us with questions really want industry knowledge. You know, Mm. is this safe to use if you're pregnant? You know, is this ingredient safe? Because the people who are coming to us have an interest in clean beauty and organic products as a whole. And with our founder, she has about 60, thousand followers on TikTok. She's getting so mm. many inquiries, just becoming, and I, don't, I hate the word influencer, but a thought leader in that space of mm-hmm. you know, providing education on cleaner products. And so that's the angle that we like to take is just whatever question that they come to us, you know, is this lip product vegan? Yes, it's vegan, but it's also 
cruelty free, the ingredients are naturally derived, you know, if mm -hmm. we see that this customer is a mom, like, hey, you should feel safe about putting this product in your makeup bag in case your toddler gets in there and she's and she starts to play with makeup. That's been a common theme that we've seen with moms, you know, in the past six to eight months is, you know, what if my kid gets into this makeup? So those are all of the angles that we look at is just providing that additional education with no matter what question that a customer asks. I love that. And piggybacking off of Matt's question, because I think this leads kind of nicely into Makeup Tip Tuesdays. <laughs> I, I think it's one of the coolest things you guys do in yeah. your SMS communications. I'd love for you to, you know, tell us, tell us, you know, for folks that don't know, mm -hmm. what is Makeup Tip Tuesdays? How did that kind of idea come to life? Um, I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah, of course. And the crazy thing about it is it didn't even start with Makeup Tip Tuesday. It started with mm -hmm. the Daily Laugh. And so mm. in 2020, like when quarantine just started, just hit, we had essentially just launched our SMS account with Postscript, like right around that time. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know anything about our founder, she, her life goal is to be a stand-up comedian and she loves dad jokes. She thinks that it, it's so fun. And so she's like, what if we sent out a, a joke every single day to just put a smile on people's face? And oh, so, so fun. When we started to create small segments with our customers, if they wanted to receive the joke or not, they could text the daily laugh and they would get a joke texted to them every single day. Mm. Put a smile on our customers' faces and they started to come to Aisling for other things besides just makeup. And mm. so that was the first kind of strategy that we took for just value outside of just selling product. Mm. And so for the past three months, we've been doing Makeup Tip Tuesday, and essentially mm -hmm. customers are just texted a makeup tip every single Tuesday, and sometimes it doesn't even relate to, to makeup. Sometimes it's just, hey, like, you're beautiful, like, if you want to wear a lip gloss, wear it because you want to, not because of the beauty standards put on the internet. Mm. So we like to do a wide range of tips on Tuesdays. <laughs> and so anybody can sign up, and then it's just to provide, again, education to our customers who again, feel scared about applying their makeup, don't know mm -hmm. what would work for them. We just want to make our customers feel, you know, as comfortable as possible with applying makeup, essentially. So that is where Makeup Tip Tuesday came about. And our customers are loving it. The responses that we get have been great. There's no call to action. So people don't mm -hmm. feel like they have to purchase anything from this tip. There's no call to action. And so our customers have been loving it. And I hope more people sign up. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's what stood out to me is it's one of those scenarios where you're you're truly giving more to your subscribers than you're taking from them because you're like, hey, we just want to share this helpful information to you. And we're not asking anything in return. We're not saying, hey, you know, you know, based on these tips, here's a product you can come by. Exactly. Obviously, there's an upside. We know that long term, you know, folks that find the tips useful or if they're already existing customers of yours, they're probably going to come back and place additional orders because there's that positive association and loyalty with the brand. But I think it's all the more powerful when you don't actually demand it or, you know, put that front and center. Mm -hmm. So something we've talked about on the show as well is kind of like trying to measure the unmeasurable. Um, thankfully, Postscript does make it possible for you to measure like keyword signups and also responses. So I'm curious, is this something that like, you guys are doing it because you know it's the right thing to do it's a value add to subscribers or are there some internal measurement tools around that as well yeah and to be 
completely transparent. We're not really measuring anything except for sign up rate with with makeup. I love it. Day. It is solely just educational based because it hit home when I saw the amount of responses and the amount of emails when we started sending text based emails from our Clavio mm -hmm. account. That is when mm -hmm. we saw a huge trend because I had only just started sending text based emails maybe about a year ago. And mm -hmm. the amount of responses that we got just saying like, hey, like, I didn't know I could reply to these. Like, this is how I'm feeling when we ask for responses. And so mm -hmm. we just want to take all of that information and provide as much value as possible. And I feel like SMS is the perfect channel to do that. It's, I mean, I would consider it a sales channel, but for us, it's really not a sales channel. It's a, it's a place for us to connect with our customers and make it an mm -hmm. easy shopping experience if they want that. It's a conversational channel, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love um, I love SMS for that reason because I think something I've talked about um, as well and heard from folks is like email's core DNA is kind of rooted in batch and blast it, from a marketing standpoint. Of course, that's kind of what we you know we enter the industry learning you know send one to as many people as possible, blast the list, and it's like the most. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, it's like the most oh, yeah. cringe, cringe yeah. statement. Val Geisler, I have to quote, this is burned into my brain. She's like, there's only two things that you should blast off or good music, never mm -hmm. emails and certainly not <laughs> SMS campaigns. So it's like, if you're, it, it's so good, right? So it's just yeah. like, it's just like, you know, sit with that mantra. And if you, you know, you find yourself in that position of like someone saying, well, just send the email or just send it to everyone or just text mm -hmm. the whole list, take that pause and be like, why why are we sending this and also you know is it something we're actually trying to measure or are we doing this because we know it's the right thing to do and it's going to surprise and delight our subscribers because long term that's where that value add comes in that's where the relationship building comes in and you can't always measure that off of a single send um but you certainly can you know start to see the qualitative uh responses coming through exactly i'm curious I'm curious if you have any, like, do you have any favorite stories or favorite responses that stand out? Do you guys get like photos sent back to you if people like apply makeup? I'm so curious the types of responses that you see, because it sounds like you get a lot. Oh, yes. And Krista has so many. I wish she was on here that she could tell you. But probably my favorite customer story of ours is mm -hmm. one customer. I think her name is Diane. And she has horrible skin conditions, like really breaks out. She gets hives with any type of makeup. And when she heard about easling, she was so skeptic to try. Mm -hmm. She actually took a whole week off from work just to try out our makeup because of how bad she can break out and because of the highs and everything. And our line was the only makeup that she could try that actually did not cause her skin to have any reaction. Mm. And Krista told me about the conversation that she had on the phone with her after, and they were essentially both in tears. And so those are the real stories that I know I'm in this role for a reason is to just help as many people as possible, just promote optimal health with the products that they're using because you essentially have no idea what other brands are doing if they're greenwashing you what type of ingredients mm -hmm. they're putting in their products and so we can only control what we can control and that has a lot to do with our messaging mm -hmm. and so that definitely has to be my favorite story out of all of them but 
it's in terms of just the day to day, what I love is definitely getting re those, uh, the responses on Postscript. That is my favorite, just like whether somebody's liking a text or just saying, oh my gosh, like this is so funny. Like, or if it's a selfie of Krista, like her mom always replies, which is the funniest thing ever. I love seeing Krista's mom reply to the text. It's, it's hilarious. So those just, they always put a smile on my face because I just know that we're helping customers in way more ways than just selling makeup. Oh my gosh, that's so heartwarming. We're gonna, Matt, we're gonna need to do a whole segment or some follow up on just like cool ass customer stories because like yeah. this is amazing. Eli from Olipop has fantastic ones. Mm -hmm. Just like shit you don't hear about because you don't, you know, you don't work behind the scenes or you don't realize that there's real people doing these things sometimes. And mm -hmm. for that, like that's so powerful. I love that. So it sounds like for listeners, they should know that if they text you back, you guys are there to, to respond and have these conversations. And I think, I think that's what, yeah, I love it. I think that's what conversational commerce we're, we're you know, we're trying to crack the code. Like we're, we're learning through these conversations and this process too. Cause as you mentioned, it's really only been kind of a, you know, a buzzword for lack of a better term over the last year, largely, as we've kind of reevaluated our role in the marketing space, it was, it was just email and then it was, you know, okay, SMS is in there too. And then it became life cycle mm -hmm. and now it's largely retention. And I think conversational commerce kind of envelops all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think what it's doing is we've talked a lot about humanizing our customers, which is so, so important. And I, I really think a key foundation, but also, hi, we're real people behind the brands, right? Like it goes both ways. And I think it's easy to lose sight of that sometimes. Um, I can't imagine how hard it can be sometimes on the customer experience side, mm -hmm. because you don't realize it's two people running, you know, the operation. They think there's hundreds of you or like, how, you know, how could you ever screw up my order? Because this must be so easy and it's your job and you're just this robot, this marketing, whatever. And it's like, Hey, no, I'm, I'm Joanne. <laughs> I really read these yeah. things. I really respond to them. And I think that's really beautiful because I think it gives us on the marketing side, a deeper respect and understanding of our, you know, customers, but also the reciprocity is there too, where they can start viewing brands as far more intimate, far more personal and far more human when they actually see that those, you know, interactions are possible. Absolutely. And to be transparent, that's what drives me insane about celebrity brands is that mm. say like Fenty Beauty, for example, I I'm signed up to their text and I never see a selfie of Rihanna, like in the office. And that is all I want. Like, I want to see Rihanna in the product development room. Like, what is she cooking up? Like, that's what I want to see. And Uncommon James does an incredible job of that. It's Kristen Cavalier's mm. jewelry line. Their okay. marketing is chef's kiss. It is so good. Like it's essentially all just selfies of, you know, Kristen in her house, wearing her jewelry. Mm. Like they just do it right. And that brings up another great point is TikTok because people really got to see behind the scenes of these businesses when Instagram is just so polished, perfect nowadays. Right. TikTok is so real and authentic. And I feel like that's why it mm. so fast, so rapidly is because people just wanted to get rid of the filters, get rid of yep. you know the highlight reels and just film authentic videos that matter to people. And that's what we found too at Aisling is, you know, authentic content where it's just Krista in front of the camera, talking to customers, color matching people like that is what performs the best. And that's why we built up our following on TikTok thus far. 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I love the examples you provided, right? So like Kristen Cavalieri's brand, I haven't mm -hmm. I haven't signed up for that. Now I will. Oh it sounds like an incredible use of like, you know, celebrity UGC, but it's like, hey, hi, here's me. I'm in my kitchen. Like, yes, of course it's still curated, but you feel much more, you know, attached to that brand. And also mm -hmm. note for Matt and I, gotta get Rihanna on the show. Rihanna, if you're listening, we're gonna need a we're gonna need a Fenty I selfie. I love Rihanna and I love Fenty Beauty, and that's why I bring up that example is because oh, I just like cr like I cringe at the SMS. I just want it to be more personal because I love her so much. Right. But yeah, it's just something to note. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what folks are are learning in the SMS space is like you can't just take it as a carbon copy of email. I think mm -hmm. it's such a nice extension and it made it really easy for email marketers everywhere to kind of jump into this new channel. But as you mentioned with learning through failures, right, which mm -hmm. is so powerful. Love that that was your journey. I think you probably learned so much faster than oh, so yeah. many of us because you weren't afraid to fail and you learned so much through that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, yeah, is a great example of like, you can try this out and then you're going to realize, oh, I can't just take what I do in email or other channels and force it into this very specific one because the expectations are so different. If it's just mm -hmm. a brand showing up on my phone, especially gosh, if it's multiple times a week and it's mm -hmm. just, Hey, here's the new collection or, you know, Hey, it's just, it's very obvious that not just me is getting it. Um, mm -hmm. that's when those relationships and that trust is actually going to erode. And when you lose those subscribers from the SMS channel, it's almost impossible to bring them back. So you mm -hmm. want to cherish those relationships when you can. Couldn't agree more. I love that. So you mentioned TikTok. So I want to start to talk about that a little bit more because I know something you mentioned on Twitter is you go out to other social channels of yours to look for kind of inspiration of how to address problems that customers might be having or, you know, provide more value and solutions. Can you kind of talk about, you know, the channels that you explore, TikTok being one of them and how that comes to life in your conversational commerce strategy? Absolutely. And TikTok is such an immense platform that Personally, I'm obsessed with and I use it for way more than just personal reasons. I use it for research. I use it for, you know, inspiration. It is mm -hmm. incredible. So to be honest, I am not the best copywriter when it comes to drafting up subject lines of emails or, you know, just the body copy of emails. That's something that I, I personally struggle with. And so I started to go on TikTok. I started to join Facebook groups, you know, Instagram comments, Amazon reviews. I was going where that mm -hmm. customer had emotion. And those are typically in the comments of places. And what I wanted to learn are what are their hopes and dreams? Like, what do they want to get out of these products? You know, what are their pains and fears? What did they hate about the product? You know, did it arrive damaged? Did they want free shipping? And then, you know, the barriers and uncertainties of why they did or did not purchase. Did they already have a makeup palette that looked exactly like this? You know, mm -hmm. did they not know if the formula was going to work for them? And so I started to tally all of these comments in an Excel sheet. And that's what I go to for the basis of all of our decisions in terms of copy, in terms of campaigns, in terms of product launches. It is so valuable to see what people are saying and use that to your advantage. And if you're a small team, just like we are, spending 15 minutes to an hour a week doing this is going to provide you way more value than you know the $10,000 package that an agency tries to sell you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, that has been our strategy for connecting with our customers because I know if a TikTok goes viral of, you know, makeup by Michaela, she's a she's a very famous beauty influencer. And if the comments are just flooded with, 
you know, I, I don't like this. I don't like this about a product. And that's something that we were potentially going to launch. I know that we can take that to our product development team and say, Hey, like, let's pivot this angle a little bit. This is what people are saying. And over time, all of that information and all of that knowledge is going to really power our product calendar and overall just connect with customers. Because if somebody's commenting it, commenting a sentence one way, like, I just hate that I don't have free shipping. I'm going to copy that and put it in an email and just quote it and just say, yeah, us too. Here's a coupon for free shipping. And so I'm literally taking what that person is saying and putting it in an email. And so that way it sounds directly like how our target customer is talking. And I feel like mm -hmm. that is key that a lot of people are missing out is this, they take generic copy and they just put it in an email or they put it in a text. But if it's more personal, if it's exactly how your target customer is saying, it is going to convert tenfold. And so probably the past six months, I would say we've really honed in on that. And it's been converting mm -hmm. so much better than our campaigns, you know, a year, a year and a half ago. And so- I love that. And then that strategy. Yeah, thanks so much. And Matt, I wanna kick it over to you in one second. The only thing I wanna say, because this, again, these themes that keep popping up and I'm so excited about this, you just summarized so perfectly something we talked about uh, with Eli as well is just because it's personalized doesn't mean it's personal. And I'm going to sound like a broken record saying that because I think it's so key to realizing like just because you put someone's first, you put yeah someone's first name in an email or, hey, you know, here's a free shipping discount for everyone that doesn't make it have that personal feel. But mm -hmm. who? you know, here's hoping the comment that you copied that from, hopefully that person's on your email list or hopefully mm -hmm. they're on the SMS list. And it's like, whoa, I was complaining about, you know, free shipping. And I, this was my hopes and my dream. And they heard me. And that person is going to feel like you sent that message just for them. But mm -hmm. we know that like that is benefiting, you know, your larger customer base. So I absolutely yeah. just love that. Um, and I want to kick it over to Matt to ask some follow-up questions on your TikTok strategy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So two two questions. I'll start with the first one. Perfect. On on the homepage of uh, your site, the hero message, like that top headline mm -hmm. now, is something about the viral makeup you saw on TikTok, right? Like that viral makeup TikTok uh, brand, right? Like, how did you come up with that concept? When did you make that switch? What's like? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. And so we had a TikTok go viral with an influencer who tried our mascara. And it, I think it had like 200,000 views. And at that time, we were getting a lot of site traffic. And so we mm -hmm. want to put that to good use, change up our banner, you know, make it super easy for that customer coming to our website that they just saw the mascara on TikTok. And so it was a very easy correlation with that. And so we wanted to make it very easy for that customer if they were coming from TikTok to, you know, shop our shop the mascara. And we saw so many comments just saying like, oh, I love this mascara. This looks awesome. Like I should try it out. We followed those people on TikTok and then we sent them a personal DM. Hey, like this is awesome. Like, thank you so much for commenting on this video. Um, here is a 10% off discount if you want to try the mascara. And so we spent, I don't even know how many hours DMing, following all of those customers because all of those people, I want to say are, I mean, we, we couldn't actually track the conversion rate, but overall our, our conversion rate on our website from that campaign was tenfold. It was, it was incredible. And so that is how we leveraged, you know, something that semi went viral on TikTok, 200,000 views to our website. It was a great, great call on our part. And then we just kept the banner because we feel like people who buy something from social media, 
right now it's on TikTok. If they see it on mm. TikTok, they buy it, like they want that product because it's such an easy sell at that point. You know, so many people are talking about it and the amount of things that I have bought from TikTok, I do not even want to talk about. So <laughs> that is just some relatable copy that we wanted to have on our banner and we found that it's working very well. Lovely, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, I appreciate you explaining the commenting and the private DM with the coupon code. Mm -hmm. Like the things that don't scale is another common theme we're seeing. Yes. And mm -hmm. so uh, appreciate you expanding on that. The second thing mm -hmm. is uh, one of your higher posts in the last couple of months in terms of views I saw was about brand ambassadors. And so mm -hmm. you're using this, oh, but TikTok's just this dancey, fun, crazy channel, right? For the for the youngins, right? No, yep. like, tell me about this brand ambassador video, how it performed, what what came about of it, yeah. Crazy, because I did not expect that Twitter thread to go as viral as it did. I typed it up right before doctor's appointment. I literally, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it because to me, it just seems natural at this point to mm. build those connections like that. And the fact that so many people like got value out of out of that thread, I was so happy. So to give people a little bit of background knowledge, I have been following these two influencers on TikTok, on my personal TikTok for probably three months at this point. I love their content. It's all beauty. It's, you know, trying these different hacks online. Like I, I just love them both. And so I emailed them and I was, and I emailed one girl and I just said, hey, like I love your content so much. I work for an organic makeup line, no pressure to post. I genuinely just want to gift you these products because I love your content so much. And at that time she was doing a 30 day glam up challenge. And the message that she said at the end, I resonated so well with, and it really did change my perspective of how I want to market our products at Beasling. And I said it earlier is you should wear a lip gloss because you want to wear it, not because of these beauty standards that other people are putting on you. And she spoke that message so loud and so proud that I just wanted to gift her something as a thank you as a viewer. And she replied to me within eight minutes, my jaw almost hit the ground. And she said, Joanne, this is incredible. I am so happy that my message got across to you. I would love to receive some products and do a free feature on my TikTok, like just as a thank you for supporting me. And so I firmly believe if women should support women. And if I reach out to this girl and she you know, appreciates me reaching out. Like it's just going to be mutually beneficial in the long run. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are overlooking that. And when we did influencer and brand ambassador in the past, it did not go as planned in a sense that we just sent people, you know, a PR box and we, we did the content seating. If they want to post about it, they're more than welcome to, but we did not build those those personal relationships with mm -hmm. them. And over time, you know, we just, we saw them fizzle out, you know, and so with these two influencers, I feel like I just built such a strong relationship with them right off the bat. I was myself, I was personal. I didn't sound like I was, you know, robotic coming from a beauty brand. I was just myself. And so far it's been incredible. Now we're actually going to be sending them a product sample to see if they like it before we, we launch our, our next upcoming product. So they're gonna be a product tester for us because you know why not send a product to somebody who's very well-versed in, in all things beauty. So it just goes beyond the product feature. It, it really, the basis of that thread was just to focus on relationships and how it worked for me. But I feel like one thing that I didn't touch upon in the, in the past that I wanna be really transparent is that we have tried so many things with brand ambassadors, with influencers, and they haven't worked. Mm. 
So mm. just know if you are somebody who's trying to, you know, blast off your ambassador program or blast off your influencer program, just know that it is incredibly hard to do so. And you have to fail just like we did to learn from your mistakes that, you know, making these personal connections are really going to work. And I'm just very glad that that did work for us in the long run. I love that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and I think we're starting to get almost like really meta, right? Of like, mm -hmm. we're here talking about conversational commerce and we're realizing that there's channels where you get to kind of observe some of these conversations happening. So like, mm -hmm. you know, your stuff going viral because another influencer posted about it, that person started that conversation. And then you guys were able to kind of latch on really naturally and really organically mm -hmm. of like, okay, this is where people are already having these conversations. They're already jazzed about the product how can we make it even more convenient for them to be brand loyal to us? How can we, you know, really kindly insert ourselves in the conversation, um, you know, to start building those relationships and then even bringing it up higher of like, okay, now we want to build those personal relationships with influencers or brand ambassadors to like really bring it like, you know, full circle. Um, so I love that that seems to be really fully ingrained in everything you guys are doing there. Like it, it can't be, I think, I think we're learning conversational commerce um, and relationship building through our marketing strategies cannot be an afterthought. It really has to be kind of at the forefront there um, because otherwise people cut corners and then people can tell. And then you're like, oh, I'm just another, I'm just another customer. Um, and even on the brand ambassador side, I agree with you. I mean, it's very easy, I think, as consumers or, you know, consumers of content and also a product to see when it's just another influencer pushing something that they don't actually really use. It showed up. They're probably getting a fat paycheck for certain things, or it's yeah. like, Hey, it's a, let me unbox this cool PR box. But it's very obvious when they don't have like that real connection with the brand. I think people are starting to kind of see through, uh, see through it a little bit more and we can't bullshit people. We just can't. Exactly. And <laughs> the big difference between Instagram and TikTok now is again, Instagram is so polished with the influence mm. swipe up links. Like no one cares about that stuff anymore. But on TikTok, that is why the TikTok made me buy it trend is so popular. Right. It's real authentic people trying out products that work for them and they make a video on it. And then that's why it gets so much traction. It's because it's everyday people, you know, using products that nobody else is really sponsored to talk about. And then that's why that performs. So that has been our angle for ambassadors mm -hmm. for a little bit now. And it's, it's worked very well for us. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. So we've talked about a handful of channels um, and, you know, we've touched on email, we've touched on mm -hmm. SMS, we've touched on TikTok. So it sounds like, you know, you're really leveraging a lot of them when it comes to building relationships with customers. I'm curious, you know, is there a channel that's actually standing out for you kind of above the rest right now? Or are you seeing it be a pretty equal distribution across, you know, the different channels you guys are playing in? Absolutely. I think SMS is definitely the the front runner here, but mm -hmm. the platform that I haven't mentioned yet is our VIP group on Facebook. And if you, mm. after you purchase, a little pop-up comes on the screen and it just says, if you want to join our VIP Facebook group, it's just exclusive for purchasers. In that mm. area, we, we really don't do a lot of selling in that group. It is more a place where we can post articles on, you know, different you know, breakthroughs in the formulation industry, if the EU bans another ingredient, like that is mm. our where we like to educate our customers further than just what we're doing in terms of formulation. Mm -hmm. And that has been a great place for people to, you know, post UGC selfies, has somebody else tried this product? 
um, you know, like what are your thoughts on it? And then some people post reviews in there. So it is more a place for our customers to connect with one another than it mm. is us to connect with our customers. And I feel like that is very underutilized nowadays. It's, it's really just like a brand to a person, like building that conversation with that person. But it is even more important for your community to build you know, relationships with each other. And that is why we love our VIP Facebook group. It has been very successful for us, not in terms of sales, but just in terms of community. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's oh my gosh, I love that. You just get something that is so easy to forget about sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something we're actually, we're going to be talking with uh, Kristen LaFrance, uh, who's currently at Repeat and has kind of a lot of experience building out communities because I think we're learning there's all of this, these end-to-end -end facets of conversational commerce. So it's not just the top of funnel relationship building and of course, nurturing and educating people to, you know, make the first purchase and then supporting them, you know, through it being delivered. It's also what comes after and then how do you make, you know, your customers, your best brand ambassadors and it's letting them build that community for themselves, but providing them that safe space where you're like, we're just here to give you, you know, to give you need to know information, to give you as much value as we can. So you remain loyal and also, you know, please bring all of your, you know, your, your makeup fanatics kind of into the fold. Um, FabFitFun comes to mind. It's like a subscription oh, yeah. box. I'm, oh my gosh, I'm, I used to be, I used oh, to have yes. a problem. I am like a recovering <laughs> subscription box addict. Yeah. And they took off because of their community where folks could like exchange products, you know, hype each other up about different drops um, or, you know, quarterly box releases, things like that. And it quickly grew to like, I know, I think it was like a million folks. It's massive. Mm -hmm. um, so it's so easy, I think, to forget about the power of community, but you really just highlighted the beauty of it. Um, I'm curious, is that something that you send out through SMS in like a post-purchase experience? Like where do folks get invited into that community? Yep. So it is a pop-up after somebody purchases that is just a one click. Mm -hmm. They can join the group right then and there. And then we also mm -hmm. have it in our SMS follow-ups post-purchase cool. and email follow-up post-purchase. So there's many different areas where somebody can join that group. And then it's just a food few questions, fill in your order number, just because we do want to make sure that that person has purchased with us because it's such a uh, close-knit group that we want to keep it close-knit. And mm -hmm. so there's a bunch of different places that people can join that group. That's awesome. Yeah, I love those touch points. Um, something else I noticed too on your website um, is the pop-up when you go to sign up for, you know, for email or I think to fill out like the quiz. Can you talk about quizzes and how important that is to making sure folks are getting relevant content that's really truly personalized to them based on their different beauty and skincare needs. Absolutely. And so we are, as of hopefully in two weeks, we will have a brand new website. We will have a brand new quiz with Octane AI. So we are building that out right now. But what we found with our current quiz that we have now is it's mm -hmm. not personal enough, you know, mm -hmm. so we're not getting enough data, I should say. And with Octane yep. AI, we just launched a new pop-up where the pop-up will come up, they'll get $5 off, and they'll just tell us what they're coming to our website for. Face, lips, eyes, tools, and brushes, essentially yep. our four different categories. And so we're taking that data and then I'm building out the email flow right now of, it's essentially going to be the same email flow, but the content in that email, the product photography is going to be related to what they chose in that conversational mm. pop-up. So I love it if Postscript could, you know, build upon this and create these conversational pop-ups because I really think it's going to be a trend in 2022 of mm -hmm. as much data as they can from our customers, but also utilizing that and using it in a way that doesn't seem super salesy. And so yeah. 
with our quiz, we just want to make sure that we are recommending products to somebody that, you know, has different skin conditions. So we have a cheek tint and there's four different shades, but one specific shade is great for people with rosacea because it calms down the inflammation, but also the color of it doesn't emphasize or bring back that mm. redness that you get with, you know, traditional blushes that are like pinks and reds. It's like very cool toned. And mm -hmm. so with our quiz, if they, you know, say that they have rosacea, that is going to be the main product that we're going to recommend to them because it is such a great product for somebody who has that skin condition. And that wasn't something that we were specifically utilizing with our type form quiz. And mm -hmm. so we're just really elevating it. We're bringing it up and we want to make sure that our customers are getting the most because we really value our customers' time. If they're going to take two minutes to fill out a quiz, we want to make sure that we are providing them with as much value as possible. And that's a kind of a trend that I've seen with the type of messaging that I've been sending is I don't want to say like, oh, will you fill out this survey or will you tell us, you know, give us a review. I want to say like, isn't it annoying when XYZ happens and then you can create that conversation that way, yeah. asking people to do something for you. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of like my current struggle right now is creating that copy around our quiz where I can provide them that value without just saying, you know, take our two minute makeup match quiz and get recommended products. Like that's my current struggle right now is finding that copy to support that statement. Mm, I love that. And I think for, you touched on a couple of things. First of all, we're going to be chatting with um, Matt from Octane AI all oh, nice. about, yeah, all about conversational pop-ups. So really it's so cool we, as we have these conversations, how they legitimately lead like one right into mm -hmm. the next one. Um, and it's all connected. It's so cool to see that. Um, but yeah, I think a key element of conversational commerce that we're learning is to stop just talking to our customers or talking mm -hmm. at them and assuming that we know how to solve their problems or that we even know the right questions to ask because right. that's so it's so easy right to send out a mail uh, uh why can't i a survey monkey i was about to say mail monkey mixing <laughs> <them> up. <laughs> um, it's so easy to send out a survey just like a blanket survey and it's like you know tell us about your favorite products or like do you have general mm -hmm. feedback but that even that does not feel personalized mm -hmm. um or personal and but it's so much better if you're like hey you know i'm just gonna give this very like colloquial statement of like doesn't it suck when you don't know you know the right type of makeup to use or hey do you have really mm -hmm. unique skincare conditions that we can kind of help address like mm -hmm. if you give us this information like we're telling you transparently how we're going to use it to provide the best possible experience and product recommendations just for you not you know just for 10 million people but oh if i have rosacea i'm going to get this really specific recommendation because the brand knows it's actually going to be beneficial to me mm -hmm. and i imagine that's something that's really sensitive like by if you have a skin condition and makeup irritates it or inflames it you're probably going to walk away from that brand because now you're scared like oh exactly. is this gonna yeah so you you want to alleviate those fears mm -hmm. up front and then, you know, address any of those pain points. So I'm so excited to hear how you guys are using that. Yeah. And honestly, that was a, a common comment that I saw on Facebook was specifically mm -hmm. like women saying, oh, I wish I could wear blush, but I have rosacea. I don't want to bring back that redness. And so that is, the, that is an exact example of taking that pain and fear and alleviating that with the products that we already offer. It just created mm -hmm. a different copy to help that consumer make the right product choice when they come to our website. I love that. We're coming up to the end of the hour. So I think we've touched on so many key aspects here, but something we also like to kind of finish things off with is just to give you kind of an open floor for a little bit. It doesn't have to be 
a long amount of time. It doesn't have to be anything profound, but anything that you, you know, want to reiterate or leave a lasting impression on our listeners in terms of retention, conversational commerce, and kind of why that is so important. The floor is yours. Anything else you want to say? super exciting so i think one note that i just want to leave on is that you know if you go to my twitter or being in the d2c twitter community i find that it's very polished like everybody's tweeting out their successes everyone's tweeting out their wins me being super guilty of that i think my twitter feed is is only my successes and my wins but with that i think moving forward i want to be a lot more transparent to say you know it was two years of failure that got me to those couple wins that you saw you know go viral on twitter it's not always just win after win after win strategy working strategy working the only reason why you really tweet out those is so is to support other other people in the in the space but i want to be starting probably very soon just being a lot more transparent of just saying you know this is working now, but this is what I did before. And this is why it didn't work. So just don't make the mm -hmm. same mistake that I did. And so moving forward, that's just kind of the mindset that I want to take is if you're a struggling small business owner and you're listening to this podcast, just know that, you know, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, but just keep moving forward and keep trying to learn and just don't feel like you're starting too late either. I've, I have been doing email and SMS for three years. And when I first started, I was sending out campaigns, you know, twice a week and now it's maybe twice a month. And so you mm -hmm. learn from your, you know, you learn from your mistakes and then you learn from your customers too. And you just, you make the decisions that benefit them the best moving forward. And so that's just my, not my lasting note. But thank you so, I, so much for having me. This was absolutely incredible. And I'm so glad that I finally got to connect with you both because I feel like we've been Twitter friends for way too long without, you know, meeting face to face. So very, very excited. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for all of your insights, but especially that one. And I love that question because it's just, it's the unfiltered stuff, right? It's mm -hmm. what is most important to you? Like, what is the shit we really should focus on? And I'm going to take that as a personal challenge. I've shared some of my, you know, professional and personal failures, but you're so right. Matt and I have talked about this and I think it's relevant to talk about now that we in the DDC, DDC Twitter space, especially, but as marketers, we have found ourselves in the position of truly being influencers. We are marketing influencers and we have to be really careful with what we say, how we say it and how that's presented in a variety of use cases. But I love the focus on not only sharing your successes, because then if you are trying to get off the ground and you only see brands like with these huge wins, it's like, oh, like, well, how am I ever going to get there? Or like, mm -hmm. you don't know that like behind the scenes, there was probably some sort of shit show for a little while of like oh, yeah. trying and failing and learning. And then you start to find those unlocks. And then of course we want to shout those from the rooftops because we want to save other marketers time. We want to support them. We're all here to share that but we have to share some, we have to share the wins and the losses. Um, so folks kind of see the whole process. I love that. I'm going to try so hard to balance, you know, what I talk about with both of those things as well. Amazing. Super glad to hear that. Yeah. Thanks so much, Joanne. And where do you want to point people to? Where can they find you? Where, if they want to follow up with you, learn more about your wins and your losses, where do you want to send people? Yeah, everybody can just follow me on Twitter if they want. It's just, it's Joanne Coffee, and then coffee is spelled E-Y, not E-E. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for ha being on the show. And everyone else will uh, listening, we'll catch you on the next episode. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joanne. As we wrap up today's episode, another shout out to our sponsor, Postscript, the leader in SMS marketing for Shopify and Shopify Plus brands. If you're not already using Postscript, be sure to check out their free 30-day trial. That's right, 
30 full days, an entire calendar month for free. We've heard some brands have made over $100,000 during their free trial, so don't sleep on this. For your 30-day free trial, check out the link in our show notes or visit postscript.io. Again, that's postscript.io to start your free trial today.